This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Heck yeah, it's time to get your coffee a kick in the butt. Bones Coffee Company offers an escape from the absolute mundane with products like two times caffeine high voltage and unique flavors like maple bacon and strawberry cheesecake. It's available in one pound bags, sample packs, or Bones Cups. There are a variety of ways to have the ultimate coffee experience. Visit BonesCoffee.com to have delicious, freshly roasted coffee delivered straight to your door. And you can enjoy domestic free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks and use the promo code 100WORDS, that's the number 100, for 20% off your entire order. This stuff is the real deal. They have PBJ coffee. How could you not like that, okay? Go do that. And now, here's the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to 100 Words of Last, the podcast. Thanks for hanging out on this beautiful Wednesday or Thursday or whatever day you're listening to it. I'm Ray Harkins. We're hanging out, talking about independent music. And this month is a special themed month. I always like to do these things when it happens to kind of coincide with some content that I have previously recorded. And I say content, I don't mean that. Interviews, discussions, that's what I mean. And this month is centered around incredible women in and around music. And uh, these are people who, you know, deserve to be highlighted because they're doing great work. They're contributing to our beautiful independent music community. And it just happened to be that I had a few of these interviews lined up. I was like, you know what? Let's bundle it up together, right? Themed months are cool. And it's been a while since I've done one. So the first guest we have is Erica Lauren. She's a photographer from the Los Angeles area. And I got keyed into her probably about a year or two ago. And I just like fell in love with her work. I thought what she did was really cool. And uh, I mean, you know what it's like when you watch or you look at live photos of bands, something about it has to really catch your eye. And uh, her work absolutely did. And so her and I kind of traveled in the same circles. We figured out a time to meet and we did the damn thing. But before we launch into that beautiful discussion, I want to tell you about Rockabilia.com. They are such an amazing company because you need band merch, right? Like who doesn't? I've got in an infinite supply of band shirts in my closet. My wife often looks at me and is like, dude, do you seriously need to get more band merch? And I'm just like, of course I do. Of course. <laughs> and Rockabilia can be your supplier. And I will give you 15% off your first order by using the code PC Jabberjaw. So dive in there, find they have a half a million items out there. Everything from sweaters to shirts to long sleeves, whatever it is you are looking to outfit your body or person with they have it, and it's officially licensed, high-quality stuff. I can't, uh, I can't recommend them enough. It's just an incredible company, and they've been doing it for a really long time, too. Like, you've undoubtedly seen their ads in music magazines over the years, and uh, I just think it's great that they are supporting all of these beautiful Jabberjaw media shows because, uh, you know, they get it. They want to they wanna speak to you, the intelligent consumer that doesn't get advertised to, <laughs> you know, because, uh, you, you know, maybe you don't read magazines anymore. Maybe you uh, don't look at the internet, uh, banner ads and all that stuff. So that is why you should use PC Jabberjaw 15% off. Okay, please do it. I love Rockabilia. Thank you very much for helping out this beautiful show. And uh, thank you on a personal level to everyone who supported the Taken release last week. We released a new EP called With Regard To, and you can find it on any digital music streaming platform. And it was... Uh, yeah, it's just weird because you built this thing up in your head over months at a time. And, you know, we recorded it for a long time and we had it in the can for a while. And then to be able to release it to the world and have people 
interact with it and care about it. And it's just awesome. It feels really, really good because I mean, 14 years since we had released <laughs> new music and that's uh that's a long time for anybody to have the attention span to care about what it is that we're doing. So I encourage you, if you are a fan of this podcast and you've never listened to Taken, just, just dive in. It may be for you. It may not be for you. Totally fine. If you just want to listen to podcasts and be like, Ray, don't care about your band. No problem whatsoever, but just a friendly offer out there. And, uh, yeah. So what, what about Erica, right? Erica is just, uh, yeah, she came over to my house. We had a great chat. We had some coffee and, uh, this is the caffeinated conversation that uh, transpired and she's got a really interesting story and, uh, how she got drawn to photography and, uh, navigating that weird freelance world that, uh, she exists in. And, uh, it's cool. I just really, I, photographers, I, I just, because partially because I did it in my early years of uh, going to shows, I thought that I was a budding photographer when I realized that uh, I didn't really have that good of an eye for live music. <laughs> and so, but I just, I respect the medium so much. And, uh, you know, though you have those iconic shots in your head, you close your eyes and you just think of those, those photos of like, Oh man, I remember that show. Like just coming to the top of my head. One of my favorite photos that a previous guest of the show took this guy named, um, Matt Miller, uh, Chicago burning fight in like 2000. Oh man. Early two thousands. I can't even remember the year, but, uh, it was just trial. That was just the shot where it's like Greg Bennick just standing in front of a sea of people, arms outstretched. And yeah, you just have those iconic photos. And uh, yeah, Erica has definitely taken a few though. So anyways, that's uh, that's what we got. I will talk to you uh, after the episode is over and stick around because I reveal some, uh, you know, interesting tidbits of information at the end of the show as well. And I know many people just dip out, but stick around for like a minute and a half. Okay, I promise it'll be worth your while for pretty much all the shows. So <laughs> I'll talk to you in a little bit. one of those people where I find, I, I find supremely interesting because, uh, like, you know, we, we didn't know each other beyond just like existing in kind of the same ecosystem and like social media, uh, you know, atmosphere, but like, you seem like a very fully formed person. Like once I discovered you where I was just like, Oh wow, here's this, this girl that has, you know, really cool photos, like has very, um, uh, you know, uh, like defined aesthetic, not only obviously like the way that you look, but just like so many things where I'm just like, wow, like you, you seem like you got like your stuff, you know, all figured out, even oh, wow. though like everybody, <laughs> I mean, even though everybody ostensibly has no idea what they're doing and I same, right. honestly, <laughs> <laughs> but just like the, I just really like it when I, I kind of, I feel in the same ways that I'm sure you feel like when you discover a new band or whatever, where you're just like, oh man, this band's put out like a couple seven inches or like a second full length. And like, I just now discovered them. I kind of felt like that with you where I'm like, oh wow, like here's this awesome person who's contributing in so many different ways that I just didn't know about until all of a sudden, like, like I said, your stuff started to appear in my ecosystem. Um, and I, I'm sure in, in certain respects, you've had that kind of happen to you before where you're just like, oh, like now I'm meeting this friend of a friend that, 
I didn't know who they were, you know, like whatever, a couple months ago, but now like I meet them and like, oh wow, like they're doing all this cool stuff. Like, does that happen to you kind of still, I guess? All the time, okay. honestly. Um, but I definitely don't have anything figured out. <laughs> so I'm glad <laughs> it comes off that way. It did, yeah, yeah, yes, you do come off that way, which is um, good. But especially with artists and I, I do find bands a lot of the time where I'm still excited about like, wow, I didn't know you existed, but I listen to a lot of bands that are like similar right. to you, but... You know, then you go down the wormhole and you make new friends and, you know, find new music. So, right, right. Yeah, it is really it is really fun to especially like as you get older, because, you know, even though like whatever, you're your late 20s, I'm my late 30s, which sounds weird to say, like late 30s. I'm like, oh, my God. But like that, we can still get excited about that stuff because like, you know, ostensibly, I mean, I think Spotify did some study a couple of years ago where it's like. 30, I think it's like 32 or 33 is when people like tap out of listening to new music where they're just like, all right, what I've had my 33 years in their ways. Yeah. They're like, I don't need to like seek out any new music or whatever, but like, you know, there, there's so much out there. I I really do wonder if I'll ever get sick of it because I'm still not sick of going to shows and I'm 29. So right. Yeah. I'm probably going to hopefully be the exception that's always excited about new music and getting to shows early to check out the openers. Yeah. yeah. But, and that, I mean, we, we both attended the jawbreaker show recently in LA, something I kind of felt weird about after that. And like, this is me maybe just projecting too much, but where it was like, you know, jawbreaker sells out, you know, a couple nights at the palladium and like, that's crazy. Like, you know, whatever, 20 years ago when they existed as a band, no one would have ever predicted that to be the case. Right. But then in, in, on the flip side, I also feel weird because it's like, you know, I enjoy Jawbreaker. I, I don't ride or die in the way that so many other people do. Like, I don't feel like they're my band. <laughs> like, I like them, but other people like them way more than I do. But then, uh, you know, watching the fact that it's just like, you know, the uh, like upset was incredible. And it was like, you know, obviously people aren't showing up early to the show to watch them. I did. <laughs> yeah, I know. But like, I and it's like, you know, there are also, it's like, I couldn't help but like the couple days after that show, I couldn't help but just like listen to the Menzingers like all day because I was like, I'll bet you that these people that only go to like maybe one or two shows a year, like if you put a Menzingers record in front of them, they would love it, but they're not paying attention to it. You know, like, does that thought process kind of, I mean, the Menzingers being one of my favorite bands, that (laughs) thought process comes into my mind often. Yeah. But that's like when they went out with, I think it was the offspring or Mm -hmm. they did a bigger like arena size yeah. sublime with Rome, I think. Yes, yeah. they did. They did one of those tours. And though I didn't immediately understand why, then I did later. Cause like say kids that normally would not know their band mm-hmm. get to the show for some reason early when they're going to go and see sublime with Rome and they'll discover like one of the best bands in the world, in my opinion. Totally. Um, but that's specifically why I go to shows early because if I hadn't gone to their, I think I went to their show at the Roxy when they played with uh, Pup and Cayetana. Oh yeah, I had never heard of Cayetana before because I mean they're very much from Philly, and I'm sure. just in my bubble sometimes of what's <laughs> local to here. Yeah, and they are also now one of my favorite bands. So that's a good example of like, it's really you're paying if you're paying for a ticket, you want to get the full show the value out of sure and like. I've just gotten a lot from it. So I always in work and in just like friendships, I'll always be like, go early. Cause I heard this band is great. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. To like, 
especially to, cause I mean, it, it, it does. I mean, I, I, I do it all the time where it's like, you know, especially we're spoiled in this day and age where we get all the set lists published before the bands, you know, typically play most venues. Um, but there is that notion of just like, Oh well, yeah. Like you gotta get there, especially if a band's like you recognize a band's name, but you're like, Oh, I haven't like actually checked them out. Right. And like the opportunity, you know, cause a lot of the times, especially within this genre of music, the live experience is like, way more powerful than the record, you know, where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, like now I get this band and now I can retroactively listen to their records and be like, oh, like, does it hold up to their live experience or whatever? But the, um, yeah, it's just, it's good you show up early. It shows <laughs> the moral of the story is right. Um, <clears throat> so kind of reflecting on you as a person. So you, you were born and raised in LA or no? Um, like Pasadena, Temple City area. So okay. basically like 30, 45 minutes outside. Sure. Um, but just enough where it's, I guess it's kind of like a suburb. I don't really know. I guess technically, yeah, Pasadena is, I mean, yeah, it's the, uh, I guess, a yeah, a calmer suburb of Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot less, um, at least like the high school and like the schools that I went to were a lot less diverse than like going to actually like the heart of LA and Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But then like later on when I discovered more, that there's more out there than just, you know, this high school that I'm in or whatever. Right. Um, just seeing how big the city is is cool because it's not far away from where I grew up, but I didn't explore it other than like shows. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Pasadena, like San Gabriel Valley area is where sure. I'm from. I've never heard of Temple City. Well, there's probably a good, that's probably good. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that like, is the, that like a suburb of Pasadena or is that like literally another city? It's, it's another city, but it's right next to Pasadena. And okay. It's small enough where like, I just tell people Pasadena because sure. <laughs> no one has heard of Temple City. Yeah. Okay. That's probably why it's just there. There are, I mean, it never ceases to amaze me where it's just like certain cities pop up where I'm just like, wow. Like I, you know, I've lived in Southern California for most of my life and mm-hmm. like, I didn't like, there's a, gosh, I can't even remember. There's a, there's a city just outside in Orange County, just outside of Garden Grove. That's like, it's like three or four blocks in like a certain area that is like its own. I want to say it's like universal city or something. One of those things where I was just like, Oh, that sounds like it's in LA. And then my friend gave me directions there and I was like, Oh, that <laughs> what? why is that next to Carton Grove? That doesn't make any sense. But so temple city kind of sounds like that. Just a little, little offshoot of Pasadena. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but would prefer Pasadena to, to sure. that land. <laughs> Got it. And, uh, what was your family structure like growing up? Like mom and dad in the house and that sort of stuff? Yeah, and they're still together. Um, cool. And I have an older brother who's like a year and a half older than me. Okay. So we're pretty close. We have our matching Bat Simpson tattoos. Are so Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Both <laughs> equally as weird. And he's, we've always just been really good friends. What's he, what's, is he, did he get kind of consumed by the music book as well? Or is that something that is not? Um, not really. He was more into skateboarding and oh, cool. now like motorcycles. So, um, but very passive, like like the Ramones here and there. Sure. Um, but not as like deeply ingrained as I was. Right. Right. So was he, was he like showing, like, were you guys kind of like showing each other stuff as you were growing up as like, Oh, this is what I'm into. And this is what I'm into. I would be the one that, I mean, surprisingly so, um, <laughs> would be the one that would drag him with me to shows sometimes because oh, okay. like I would be too young in my parents' opinion to go to shows by myself. And sure in my bubble of, of like high school where it didn't have much like culture, um, as far as music went, sure, I would, 
want to go and see Toxic Narcotic at the Glass House. And Amazing. I was like 15 years old and he would come with me and like didn't admit until years later that he thought it was fun and that it was cool. Oh, so he like begrudgingly was like, oh, I got to take my quiet. dumb little sister. To yeah. <laughs> okay. Got it. It was like, you know, he was pretty quiet about it. He wasn't like mean to me at all, but it was like, I, I had no problem going to stuff by myself if I had to. Sure. And like here and there I would like take a, a friend with me, but they weren't into it. So like my brother by blood. Right. Should want to come with me to things. And <laughs> and he did. And so. he did. He was he was he was doing his brotherly duty. Yes. Of making sure his sister was safe at a toxic narcotics. Show. <laughs> exactly. And he, I mean, he would just watch and I'll just be like super into it. But I wasn't like trying to get in the pit or anything. It'd be right. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, that is especially when you start to <clears throat> experience those shows that are, you know, more aggressive where you're just like, wow, people are like, real, like I, I got to stay away from that. Like I, I could get really hurt. <laughs> I think um, so. One of my friends who was really quiet, maybe sophomore year in high school, um, I was like, do you want me to take you to like your first punk show? And she was very passively like she wasn't opposed to it but sure why not mm -hmm. so it was a global threat at the troubadour and okay. it was the one time that i've ever been to a show that had a riot before it started sure and i mean the front window i think ended up getting oh broken. yeah <laughs> i think i definitely remember yeah because that i mean the troubadour would they would do shows of all ilk of independent music no, but I definitely don't really right? yeah. now, now they were like, yeah, that whole punk thing we got to kind of stay away from. I think the glass house did the same thing, honestly, because I used to go to shows there all the time. Right. That was probably like my first. It was like the virus and cheap sex. And sure. that was at the glass house. Sure. And now I can't really like I always pass like I'll look online and mm -hmm. I don't see anything like that anymore. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you, that, that scene definitely whatever the, you know, quote unquote gutter punk scene or whatever like yeah. that. That definitely had its moment of, especially from a popularity standpoint, like all where, the punk core bands, like totally, yeah, dude. I can't like I was working at a, a record store here in Orange County, Bionic Records, and like we, you know, I worked there from like I don't know ninety nine till about two thousand two or so, and there were those records, like you know, those records, and then also there were some bands from Long Beach, like Le Shock and Stitches, and all those bands, like those the that scene was just like. How can how can a band like Le Shock, like a local you know shock punk band, was like drawing four hundred people like Alex's Bar, and it's like this yeah. is crazy. And then like you said, like all the uh, the punk, I, I just hadn't thought about those bands in a long time because they had their moment of you know like most scenes do. Yeah, and that was definitely the last punk show she tried to go to. So she was definitely scared, and the cops were out, and yeah, it didn't like you know didn't stop me from wanting to sure continue to go to things and find new people to drag with me right, right. you're like hey you want to come check out this thing like i promise there will be a riot this time yeah i'm like okay next friend like <laughs> already burnt that, that one out yeah <laughs> um so what, what did your what did your parents do for a living um my dad always had like different jobs he okay did um some stuff at 20th century fox and then okay. he sold school uniforms and now he's a chaplain at oh prisons. okay so it's, yeah, just he's like they're just both really hardworking, and my mom, um, like full time mom, mm -hmm. full time wife, and sure. she sometimes would uh, take care of my aunt who's disabled. Okay, so you know, they they never stop me from being weird or sure. you know, caring about the things that I cared about, and they still don't. So yeah, for that's, being kind of conservative is pretty cool. Well, absolutely. I mean, especially when you are. 
I mean, I, th- I definitely think, you know, our generation of people, you know, basically between the ages of like, you know, 25 till, you know, whatever, late 30s, I think our generation was definitely, even though our parents didn't understand at all what we were into, there was just kind of like, well, as long as they're passionate, like as long as they kind of have their friends and like they don't feel like it's like self-destructive, you know? Yeah. And for the most part, I was a good kid. Like I yeah. didn't drink till I was 21, never did any drugs. Just I was afraid of getting in trouble and not being able to do the music things that I really that's all I wanted to do. Sure. You know, and I did my part and they let, you know. Sure. You towed the line. You're like, I got solid grades. Like my parent, you know, I, I, yeah. sh- let me I dye my hair blue. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So like, we're, I mean, I was going to surmise that because of the, you know, the, the whole punk core influence on your life. Like, were you like full, like Liberty spikes, like spiked leather jacket, like that sort of stuff? Or was it, did you express yourself different ways? <laughs> um, I think like early in junior high, when I first started really diving into music, I was just like, not familiar with fashion part of punk sure and later on i definitely found confidence in like these are bands i like i'm gonna put patches on my sweater nothing like liberty spikes or right. anything but i did do the whole bullet belt like good stuff yes. that i was just seeing at shows and it wasn't in my city at all so it was even weirder and i was even more of a weirdo for like Liking dressing it. like yeah, that, yeah, looking yeah. like that but i found like a weird sense of confidence that i didn't have before that because mm-hmm. i felt like even if there's not a punk community like where I'm going to school. Like that's what I kind of have found, you know, my identity through. Sure. So, and if people gave me a hard time about it, I was more than like proud of it. If anything, like it, that's a good reason to make fun of me or like the worst thing that could happen is someone would call me a poser. Sure. Right. <laughs> that, was, that was the biggest insult that I could come across. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, how can you call me a poser? Yeah. I got, you know, no one else is wearing a bolt belt. You don't even school. know who Blatz is. Like, <laughs> but I, I think you hit on a really important uh, component of you know when most people are drawn to you know weird subcultures, whether it's music, you know, horror movies, whatever. Like as you start to dive into that, you do wear that as a badge of pride because no one, like you know, very a very small amount of people that surround you either understand it or are as obsessed with it as you are. You know, and like you kind of wear that as like. Yeah, I'm I'm riding pretty hard for this. Like, and I I'm I'm I feel good about this. And like you, you like you said, your identity is kind of staked into that. Yeah, definitely. Like, I didn't feel like I wanted to be a part of the normal like like the normie culture that I was surrounded sure. by, and not having money. Like, I don't come from a family that has money, but my high school very much had that. Yeah. So when everyone else was kind of more focused on different things, like, and they would give you a hard time for not having whatever like Hollister Abercrombie like the $80 t-shirt <laughs> sure sure it, it was like very much kind of like a badge of pride to be like well this is a band that I just saw and it right. was $10 totally, <laughs> totally <yeah. good. laughs> yeah not not buying into that not buying into yeah, that. I didn't no. need to go to a store where all the models had their shirts off and like I'm fine with that yeah exactly it is one of my favorite things in the entire planet and that is my away luggage I just got back from a trip last week in which I use my away luggage and uh, actually had multiple discussions with people about this because they're like, oh, yeah, what's that suitcase? What do you got going on there? So what do they do? They offer high quality luggage that is designed to be resilient, resourceful and essential to the way that you travel. So they have a ton of different colors and four different sizes, including carry on sizes that are compliant with all major U.S. airlines. And it's all also features a TSA approved combination lock 
four 360-degree spinner wheels, and a patent-pending compression system to help those overpackers. You know, you know what I'm talking about. And both sizes of carry-on are able to charge anything that's powered by a USB cord. A single charge will power your iPhone five times. Like I said, I use this on a very regular basis, and I've got the the smallest carry-on and I have the the middle carry-on, and they are both incredible. My wife loves them. I love them. Actually, my mom bought an entire set. This is the best luggage you will ever buy, and it's the only luggage you really need. And you can try it out for 100 days, vibe with it, travel with it, do whatever you need to, and if you don't like it, it's a, you can return it for a full refund. And shipping is free within the lower 48 states. So for $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash words and use promo code words during checkout. That's awaytravel.com slash words and promo code words for $20 off your away suitcase. I love this stuff. Trust me. Check it out and you will not regret it. Okay, here's the rest of the show. So as you started to, uh, you know, go to junior high and like you said, like really dive into music, uh, how did that get introduced to you in the first place? Was that just kind of like you observed it and you started going to shows or how did that get on your radar? Um, I think honestly, it was probably, I've always been big on reading Sure. and I was trying to think about this recently cause I'm like, it wasn't really anyone specifically being like, you mm-hmm. need to check out this album or you need to go to this show. Sure. It was like probably traced back to the third grade when I read this Alanis Morissette book. Sure. And like from that from that point, I kind of was just trying to discover like what part of music I related to the most. And okay. it was, I was trying out pop for a little bit. Like I, when I was eight, I went to a Hanson concert. As one does. And I was like, they write their own music, you know? Like Totally. Holy, but then when I found, I think it was like, it probably was The Clash or The Ramones mm-hmm. like early in the seventh grade. And then I kind of went through a wormhole of like, which bands are inspired by these artists by like, reading different books and then going to, you know, I, it wasn't even online at that point. So right. I think it was literally You're like just, piecing information yeah. together. And then a few, probably a few bands I got from my brother were like the strokes when they first came out. Like, of course, biggest thing ever in the early two thousands. Yeah, yeah. So just like that kind of rock music was kind of passed down from him. Mm-hmm. And then my, like it was all just like trickling down from like, what does this band that I like, kind of I saw on TV what do they listen to and then finding new bands and then discovering like my favorite bands which are still Rancid and Green Day and the Distillers and sure just like the core of punk and and then kind of discovering pop punk but not figuring out like I didn't really identify with it as much as I did with more like street punk I guess or even crust sure but like just having that freedom to be like I'm gonna go and see Good Charlotte and then go through a phase of like that kind of music mm-hmm. and messed MXPX. And sure. then I got to a, one of those levels where maybe most people go through it, where you kind of want to be like cool. And you're like, I can't listen to that anymore because of course, because it, a, yeah, right. a lot of people make fun of me when I say that I like this band and I want to be taken seriously. Right. So then I'm like, I only like these punk bands and I only like these like hardcore bands. And then Finally, after I went through that phase of like serious, you know, you know, I can only like what's cool. Right. Then I was like, I'm going to listen to everything because to be honest, <laughs> whatever like, I like. Yeah. Like I, I like Johnny Cash and that's not punk, but like in a way it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, their, their attitude by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I enjoy about being an adult. That's like someone that consumes <laughs> music is really not having any guilty pleasures now. Like just fully like being into a little bit of everything mm-hmm. and it's like yeah. you, I, I presume like, you know, if push came to shove, 
you, you know, you would self-identify where it's just like, well, you like, you know, yeah, I'm like, you know, a punk kid or hardcore kid, whatever label, you know, like you, that's kind of your origin story in a way, you know, but that doesn't limit your experience. Like, you know, like you said, like you're going to consume all different styles of music, but like, you'll always sort of self-identify with the thing that, you know, you first started to intensely experience music through at least the lens through, you know? Yeah. And if it wasn't for, I think like for good Charlotte, I wouldn't have found out about certain bands that, you Mm -hmm. know, like social distortion. Then I picked up mainliner and then I was like, this is actually really cool. And then I watched another state of mind. And then I went through this, you know, all these wormholes, I just go down, just yeah, go yeah, down yeah. Them, fully immerse myself in them. That you're the, the way that you describe it, like I'm an only child. I don't have, obviously don't have any brothers and sisters. You're the way you're describing stuff sounds like the way that like I describe stuff as far as like it, just like, you know, you just get obsessed with things yeah. and like that really does seem like that doesn't seem uh, emblematic of a lot of other people that have like, you know, siblings, like of course people get into their own things, but like the way you describe yourself, like <laughs> your, your obsession really reminds me of an only child experience. <laughs> I've always been very introverted and very like not self-reliant, but if I get into something, it's cause I like fully care about it. Uh-huh. And I definitely went through my phase of like when I was a kid, like copying my brother with other things. Like sure. he likes, pogs i like pogs uh, who doesn't like pogs he likes basketball i love charles barkley like sure i don't really love charles barkley but i did when i was a kid yeah 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 um but yeah for for music it's definitely been something that i've just fully like when i when i just found like the first few bands i dove all the way in haven't came back up for air ever since yeah yeah, yeah. no that's cool i, I just i like that because I, I mean i think that's what really like I said, attracts people to subcultures is just kind of the obsession and like how, um, you know, most, most kind of normal people, it's like, you know, they, they go to a certain level and then they're like, all right, I'm good. But then it's like, you know, people like you and I are just like, we're just scratching the surface. Like yeah. we've, only, we've only just started here. Like there's so much, so many music to listen to books, documentaries, whatever. Like I gotta know. Even and I still like, I love finding, yeah. I think music documentaries are my favorite thing to watch. Yeah. I don't really care about TV or you know, if they are like, I'm discovering music documentaries that came out several years ago. And right. that's what I love about it is like asking friends for more recommendations and it's endless. Like, totally. Even if it happened, like, you know, not that there's not new ones, but even if it happened several years ago, they're just still popping up on my list. And absolutely. Yeah. 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 The word that, especially with the, yeah, the proliferation of every streaming service possible. And it's just like, they're just trying to dump as many documentaries in these different services. Yeah. You're like, oh, totally. (laughs) And especially I always find it interesting too, when you dive into a documentary or something gets recommended to you that you don't ostensibly think on the surface that you would be into where it's just Mm -hmm. like, like if I told you the 30 seconds to Mars, uh, documentary that they did, I want to say maybe like five years ago is incredible. It's so good because all it is, is, uh, you know, Jared Leto and his bandmates exploring how horrific the music industry is as far as just like, you know, how recording contracts are structured and stuff like that. But it's like, you know, on the surface, it's like, dude, do I really care about 30 seconds to Mars musically? No, No, not at all. (laughs) Yeah. But the documentary, I'm like, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty interesting. I've heard that before too, so I might, I <laughs> yeah. might try it out. But you're right, you I wouldn't normally, yeah, pick that up. But yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's it that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's it, you, you find yeah, you just find little little areas that you can go into where it's just like, wow, I didn't think I'd watch a hour long documentary on this particular band or music genre, but like now I know so much more. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so then, you know, as you were, as you were going through high school, and like you said, you were, you know, one of the very few people at your high school that were, you know, was into this, this style of music. 
Um, and you mentioned earlier that you were, you know, very introverted, like, you know, did you have a, I guess a positive high school experience? Like, you know, did you have like, you know, friends and that sort of stuff where you're just like, yo, there's Erica, the weirdo girl punker over there. Definitely the weirdo punker, but (laughs) I had, um, there were maybe like a group of five girls that I had gone to junior high with and I don't know how it happened, but we would sit together at lunch and they liked, they liked bands like Panic at the Disco and Fall Out Boy when they were just starting out. Okay. Even though, like, I don't necessarily care for those artists. There's a common I, understanding. Yeah, and I would go with them to, like, chain and see them. Um, and great. I would I tried it out, and I was like, that's cool. Like, I never, you know, I would I would share my music with them, too. But it was more or less like we both like a type of music. Like, right. let's be friends. And I'm still friends with one of them, too. Like, she works at the Troubadour now. And we still have that common, like, we're very different. But we're still friends on the level of, like, we, we care, care about, about the same other. things and, yeah. and each other. So that's cool. It's cool to even just have like that small group of Mm -hmm. people when you're young and trying to figure out who the heck you are. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Doing it. I mean, doing it alone is definitely like there's something to be said about like getting into stuff without context, you know, like, I mean, that's what you were doing with your friends where it's just like you were going to be supportive and like you weren't, you know, people weren't judging you on the fact that it's just like, you don't like Brandon Yuri as much as like I do. It's just like, well, no, like I I went to the show with you. Like it's cool. But like, but when you do develop those, you know, two to three people that like you can, you know, you, you can exist in the same world together. It does feel, you know, like you're, you're let in a little secret here where you're just like, oh yeah, yeah, we're into this. (laughs) Um, and the, you know, so, I mean, clearly photography has, you know, been a passion for you throughout most of your life. Like how, you know, like were you on yearbook photography? Like how did that even start to filter um in? Before before high school, I had taken a few photo classes just, like, for film and, like, making pinhole cameras and working in the darkroom. Okay. And then... Like, through school or was it just... Yeah, it was through okay. school. And that's when I knew I liked it, just the documentary part of it and mm-hmm. not so much... Like, I would bring disposable cameras with me to these punk shows, which was, like, so pointless. <laughs> so pointless, yeah. And I have, um, I have a notebook that I made when I was in school still, and it has, like, it says, like, career soldiers on the outside, and they're okay. a punk band from San Diego. Okay. Um, I, and, that's a deep cut. I've never even yeah. heard of that band. Well, they they put out, like, one album, I think. Okay. And it was, it's still, I think it still holds up. Yeah, so. flaw, flawless. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, but basically, I, like, decorated it with all these different logos on the outside, and the inside was just, like, I wrote what show it was, and then I, I cut up these photos okay I, they, they're awful pictures like you can't really see what's going on you can see like the back of the vests and like right. the back of <laughs> but there's pops. humans in the photos probably yeah, but the whole point was that that's when i really started to be like i just want to document what's going on here and not necessarily like thinking that it was going to be anything beyond that right but then um in high school this is halfway through high school i moved to alhambra which is not far from temple city okay and it's um, I have heard of that city. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that one had like a huge diverse, mm-hmm. you know, like it was massive compared to my last school. And it, I found people right away that were just like-minded. And okay. that's when, um, one of the, one of my classmates had asked me knowing that I was just doing photography, like through school that if I could shoot something for a website that he was writing for. Okay. And it was, um, I think it was a Billy talent and Thursday. Oh, Sure. And I was like, yeah, yes, I have a digital camera. And right. I didn't. I have the so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. No, I got all the equipment. That, that's kind of the mindset I have now where I'm just like, 
I'll say yes, and I'm going to figure this out and do it. <laughs> so I rented a camera from Sammy's. Perfect, and yes. And that was stressful because it was not at all thought through or planned out. <laughs> sure. But that was the first show I ever shot, and it was like, from from then on, I was like, I'm going to start doing this. Right. And history that's that's incredible there's definitely yeah i wrote because i took uh photography was like a passion of mine once i realized it was just like well i'm not that good at it but like i loved it because i was taking pictures i was a yearbook photographer for three years and like i used that as a platform to get my the show the pictures that i was taking at shows printed because at the time there was no digital right <laughs> like, this was like you know because I, I graduated high school in 99 so i was taking photos you know 97 98 and so like i would bring you know and i i felt like i was god bless my yearbook teacher because i would bring like here's four rolls it's like it's probably like 80 dollars worth of developing that you're gonna do for me for like yeah. you know probably like two good shots <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> i always but then i i definitely remember like you get that, you know, especially when people like just know you have like a camera or like, know like, Oh yeah. Like that person's in photography. Cause I definitely had a friend who was like, Hey, I work for trans world, you know, skateboard magazine. Like you want to take pictures of warp tour? And I was like, I've never taken photos at warp tour. Like I have no idea what I'm doing, but like, like you said, you're just like, well, I'll try to figure this out. Yeah. And eventually that was like in the time of MySpace, And I just sure. kind of was like, I'm going to put my work on my page. And then I started messaging if I was going to a festival or something. Uh huh. Or a show, I would just email the band and say, like, if you want, like, I can shoot for you guys. And okay. I did that with The Unseen. And they were playing Warp Tour that summer. And it was just, it was really cool. Like, sure. they were really nice about it. And That's... I don't know how great the photos were, <laughs> but it's all a learning experience. Of course. You know, it was a free thing. So, yeah, exactly. You yeah. know what you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And it's like those people that just, you know, punish bands of just like, oh, I'll take photos for you. And it's just like, Every show that gets announced, you're always going to have five or six people being like, oh, cool. Like, I'll take photos for you. Like, it was a different time then. It definitely was. It was it was when film was still being taught. And I don't even know if that's still happening now. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, I I was on my college paper and I wanted to be a photojournalist. Okay. So just like the whole behind the scenes, like documenting real life and taking portraits of people that we were writing about. Mm hmm. Um but still thinking that I was going to work for a paper when I finished school and sure. that I was going to work for something that was in print. Journalistic. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And little did I know that <laughs> the, everything, the print industry would change. <laughs> did, uh, like, did you care about school? Like, did you get good grades? I cared about English and, you know, I think the left side of your brain it is. Sure. <laughs> but, you know, I just, I did what I like basic grades, nothing extraordinary nothing yeah. awful but i was definitely you, you, enough to keep the, keep your parents like not too worried about you yeah exactly okay. kind of just you know she's surviving right yeah kids. she's 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 doing fine yeah, yeah yeah she's okay uh and so and then you you went to college you were for studying specifically photojournalism or like you know what were you yeah, what was I went your aim to, uh community college in pasadena okay. and i was just taking photo classes there and also thinking that maybe i would teach Japanese. Um, I had been taking it for four years. Okay. So I was going to be an English teacher in Japan and maybe also shoot photos in Japan. Totally. That, that is a, that, that is what people do. I mean, like I'm not, I'm not even being sarcastic, but like people do that. Yeah. In in my mind, I was going to do that, but I don't know where things changed along the way, but I decided to go to art center in Pasadena. Sure. And that's more centered to, um, commercial photography. Sure. But then I completely just was like, 
I'm going to figure something out relating directly to music and photography. And I got an internship while I was in school at Warner Brothers because I used to um, be a big Avenged Sevenfold fan because they're from Southern California. Of course. And I would help promote their shows. And because of the online community at the time, it was easy to like talk to the band and just like. They were, they were, yeah, and they yeah, were, yeah. they were really cool. And Matt Shadows, great friend of mine. Awesome. Good dude. Good dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then at, I remember vividly that I was really stoked one time because I had been promoting them and it was like all online. It was nothing crazy. Like sometimes uh-huh. they'd help with flyers here and there and, um, their, their manager, not their manager, someone that worked at Warner brothers okay. knew who I was and like had to offer me an internship in between all of this like school stuff going on. Oh wow. So from then on I had interned for like a year and a half and, then I kind of knew, like, I wanted to do something directly related to music. Sure. And I just kept interning after that. And it was like an endless stream of internships, just like through <laughs> yeah. friends and through okay. like, oh, like work with Erica. She just worked with us here. And that eventually just trickled to the next thing. Got it. Got it. So, yeah, basically you, you were, did you get a degree from Art Institute? Um, or do you, or do you? you <laughs> <laughs> you're 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 okay so there you studied you, you studied that you know yeah i, I learned that like that your your education can come from yes different places different places fair enough fair enough <laughs> and so the uh as as you started to you know i mean i would presume that through that experience you were doing like all different types of photography from obviously the live stuff you've been doing for a long time but like you said the commercial stuff and um, because, you know, usually when people, well, not usually, but when people are working with their passions, there's sometimes that, that, uh, that fear of, you know, burnout, whether it's like getting exposed to a different side of, you know, like you said, like commercial photography, clearly it's way different than, you know, other styles of photography. And some people get exposed to the other side and they're just like, this is horrible. Like I can't, you know, I can't envision myself doing this as a living or whatever. And then they just kind of give up on that. Uh, I mean, clearly it didn't happen for you, but like, did you have to kind of fight through that sort of burnout notion of like, Oh man, I'm working with my passion, but like, I know this is going to be a tough, tough road to hoe. Yeah, I definitely did. Um, and just the mindset of thinking like, I want to learn all of the technical aspects of photography and like the business part of it, of course, but I don't want to get burned out. So I'm going to, you know, keep going to shows and shooting stuff on my own terms and then work on the projects that I need to work on that are more like commercial based or to get whatever done. Yeah. But yeah, luckily I haven't gotten burned out on it yet. I know some people are kind of sick of shooting shows at a certain point. Right. For the most part, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, you know, I just enjoy going to them still. So it's natural that I'd want to have somewhere to put my hands, which is um, with my camera, because otherwise I don't really know what to do with them. You just touch your face and you don't have any idea what you're doing. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Something's (laughs) not right. Right, exactly. Yeah, if you're going to a show without a camera, it's just like I feel extremely uncomfortable. I I honestly do, though. Yeah. And it sounds funny, but it's true. No, yeah, I mean. Even if it's just for me and it's not shooting for, like, work or for, like, a specific artist, it's just... 
I want to have it just in case. Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, it's like the notion of, you know, a guitarist putting down their guitar and like, you know, just singing for a band. They're just like, yeah. no, but I got this, I have this shield. Exactly. I got this and the camera is your shield. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I have, I have it with me all the time. So yeah, throughout the day, just, you, you never know, you get some kind of portrait. Sure. Sure. Um, have, have you ever done a wedding or anything like that? I have. Um, it was for like a friend of a friend. Okay. And I kind of thought about like, I know that there's apparently more money on that side of yes. photography, but at least for right now, I haven't really found um, extreme like Calling passion for or that. interest yeah, yeah. for it. And I just think it's, if anything, it makes me more anxious because I'm like, there is no reshooting this. <laughs> it is a, it is a high, I mean, I only have, have been married once, but yeah. it is a very, uh, yeah, it's a very high stress. Like you, you definitely, especially when you're talking about people that have experience with, you know, other, other formats of photography, like you, all, all I did the whole time was just like, man, I feel sorry. Like, I, I just feel sorry because so many other people like, you know, whether either it's like my family or other people were just like, you know, like take this shot. I was just like, let them do their work. Like, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of respect for wedding photographers. Absolutely. Just, like, you know, I'll, if I'm going to a friend's wedding, I'll offer to kind of take the behind the scenes, the candids, but oh, yeah, just yeah. kind of like secondary, like you sure. already have your hired wedding photographer and as a gift, I'll shoot like some candids. Right. But just kind of cause I would like to capture some moments, but absolutely, please do not right. fully put that pressure on me just yet. Cause I would like to like, if I decide to get into doing that later on, I want to assist and like be a second shooter for a long while before I take on the full yeah. load. Yeah. And it's all, I mean, it's also cool too, because I think people, people that come from our world, um, that end up shooting different things, whether it's weddings, whether it's commercial, like they're, you're bringing a certain sensibility and aesthetic to it. That's, that isn't, um, a cookie cutter, you know, like you're, you're viewing it through the lens of like music and live music and that sort of stuff. It's just Mm -hmm. like, you know, one of my friends is that, uh, it's a guy named Matt Miller. He takes photo, you know, wedding photos and he's whatever played in hardcore bands for years, but like his, you know, wedding photos and portraits and all the stuff that he does from that perspective, it just, it looks cooler than other people's because it's like, well, yeah. yeah, he's coming at it from a different angle than just like a very sterile, like, oh, here we go. Here's the beautiful shot of the yeah. husband and wife or whatever. It's like, I feel that way about Jess Flynn, who she used, oh, yeah, to, be, yeah. um, she used to do a lot of music stuff and now she focuses on wedding photography. Right. That's right. Probably like some of my favorite wedding photos that I've ever seen. Right. But I'm also like, how did you do that? Like, I'm trying to just, I'm admiring it from afar. Right, right, right. For maybe the future, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, the, so you, it was like Thursday and Billy Talent, like that was like legit the first show you ever took photos at? Yeah, the first official show. Sure, that you were mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And invited to and been in it the photo pit. Right. Because I'd never seen either band before that either. And it was just, I don't even remember what venue it was, but it was intense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that, that probably was like early two thousands then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so that, I mean, Thursday was like, you know, firing on all cylinders at that point mm-hmm. and Blew pretty, my mind. yeah, yeah. Incredible band. Um, and the, uh, it's something you said too, in regards to like, you know, when you were, you're putting together essentially that zine for the San Diego band, like you said, you, you like the sort of documentarian aspect of, you know, photo journalism. Um, I guess what, um, what kind of flipped your switch from that? Cause you know, sometimes when people are just taking photos, they're just like, Oh, I got some cool photos, you know, rather than like, Oh, I'm documenting a moment, you know, like, did you, did you have, was that always kind of the way that you viewed how you took photos? 
I mean, I think so. I yeah. always kind of, in my mind, even as a kid, like romanticized the whole punk scene and just the music scene in general. Sure. And I had read a book called American Hardcore by Stephen Blush. Yep. And seeing the photos in that book kind of, it just gave me this feeling of like, I want something like that. Sure. And even if I don't see myself directly like reflected in, there's like a line in the book that basically says it's a boys club. Totally. But at that point I was noticing like, a lot of the shows and gigs I was going to, there were girls and there were different ethnicities and I wanted to kind of capture my view of it. So even if they weren't coming out clear, that was my mindset of like, you know, like this is your point of view. Right. I'm experiencing. And like, this is how things have kind of changed since the early eighties or since, you know, some of the founding like pioneers of punk rock started playing. Right. But even if I didn't necessarily get that across in my disposable, yeah, scenes, of course, right. <laughs> that's that's what I kind of wanted to do, and that's still kind of what I want to do. I don't want it to be like, just like kind of a boring like here's a guitar and a, like that's it. I want sure. it, like what's the fan? What's the fans look like? What do the what does the crowd look like? Yeah, here's a, no, that's a very good point. Like a, here's a like you know there's there could be the way of taking photos where it's just like a very static representation of like you know a particular moment of a show and like clearly there's a space for that clearly that's cool Mm -hmm. but when you're you know what what i identify with the work that you do is like you know you're you're attempting you're building context you know you're like you're trying to build context through photos you know in in ways that other people are building context through you know the pieces of music that they write or whatever like and i think that that is um you know, that's great because I think when people are able to experience, you know, a music scene, a show or whatever, given context, it's much more impactful. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, thanks. I, that's what I try to do. It's good. Um, uh, mission accomplished. You can quit now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Where's that retirement money? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, I mean, it is cool because I, I do think that, I mean, even though American Hardcore was great, it's just like the, you know, there's, for me, there was nothing more depressing than being like, you know, at the end of the book, just being like, oh yeah, well this music scene like died in the, you yeah. know, early eighties. It's just like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like, yeah. And I mean, like my eye roll page. Oh my like, gosh. Okay, yeah. Even, <laughs> even though, I mean, the, the way that the movie ended too, which obviously was reflective of the book, it was, yeah. just, it was just like, God, it's just so, it's so, it was, it, you, you couldn't help, especially people like you and I who clearly didn't experience the early eighties punk scene of just being like, Oh man, that's just so, that's so short-sighted. Like that's, yeah. there's so much more stuff that's cool that, that's happening out there. Mm-hmm. I especially like how you were saying the idea that once, you know, either uh, show experiences started to diversify and like, I mean, I distinctly remember where it was like, yeah, just noticing, you know, where it's like, oh, like there's actually females in attendance at a show. And like, there seems to be more people than just like people that look exactly like me, like, you know, straight white dude. Like, even though, you know, I, when I, when I'm 17, I'm not thinking about it in those terms. I'm just yeah. like, oh, wow, there's a bunch of people that look like me. Like that's, that's what it happens. Um, but it, it definitely seemed to me, especially like it, with that whole like sort of punk core scene, there was a lot more diversity, not only like racially, but you know, the fact that it was a pretty, healthy, not like a 50, 50 split, but there were a lot of girls that were going to those shows, which like, you know, from my view, especially like, you know, in orange County hardcore, like it was definitely like, it's predominantly dudes. Like, and I know that's always kind of been the case, but like, I don't know. I just, I I didn't think about it in those terms until you kind of put it that way. Yeah. And like, I mean, being like a teenager, I wasn't necessarily just thinking like super aware of it. No, you're not. No, no, no. But I, I was lucky enough to have, like some of my favorite bands had women in them, like right. like F minus, exactly, you know, 
flats, as I mentioned earlier. Totally, totally. Um, but like Bikini Kill actually kind of put that in my mind of being more aware. Um, but just noticing, I think it might have been a difference because L.A., you know, I'm def- like, I don't know. The area that I grew up in was later on in high school when I moved was more um, diverse and had a sure. lot more Hispanic. Sure, it was a mix. Right, right. Uh, the, the Hispanic community was more prominent, so I felt like it was more diverse and it wasn't as, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just a bunch, of, a bunch of white people. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know. It's, I mean, and that, and that's like, that's emblematic, like in, you know, going to shows in Orange County, like I wasn't going to get a different experience because like, you know, you're the people who are attending the shows are the people who live in the area, you know, like for the most part. Yeah. And so it's like, it's not until you start to go to shows in different areas or you tour and you start to recognize where it's just like, oh yeah, the, you know, shows and music scenes are just like a literal microcosm of what the makeup of a community is, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like. If you are, you know, in a predominantly, you know, white community, those are the people who are going to the shows. And if you're a predominantly Hispanic community, those are the people going to the shows. And like, yeah. you start to see that in, you know, it, it's just a more distilled version of that when you're going to, you know, weird subculture events, you know, it's just a smaller version of it. Yeah. And I mean, have you seen the documentary Lost Punks? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's a good representation of like, I mean, they're obviously the younger generation of punks of course. than what I grew up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still like that's the kind of area that like I would go to gigs in. Sure. And having that point of view of um, local shows and then going to Orange County for shows was different. But it was nice to have, um, an, you know, both experiences, like experiencing both and then seeing, you know, that yeah. there's more out there than just one or the other. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I definitely think that like where where you know whatever short-sightedness comes in is when people only experience one thing you know when you are kind of taking this mixture and seeing how all these things can not only coexist but be important to different people that's when you're just like oh your experience is widened and you're just like oh yeah like this this is this is how different things are in different areas and like they're both important you know plus if anything like like reading that American hardcore line that kind of just was very like, you know, the girls that were at shows were kind of like groupies. And then the ones right. that were there it was a boys club. If anything, like even being young and reading that kind of made me like, I'm very stubborn in a sense where like, if someone tells me that I can't do something, I want to do it even more. Right. <laughs> so when I read that, it wasn't like, Oh, that's a bummer. Like, you know, there's nothing there there's for nothing, me. Right. It's like, I'm going to make my space there for me because I enjoy this music and even if it wasn't necessarily written for me, like if out of step wasn't written for me, like I relate to certain lines from it. Mm-hmm. I relate to certain tracks from it. And I want to be a part of that scene somehow in any capacity that I can. If I'm not going to be in a band, I want to support the bands playing. Right. I want to photograph them, you know. Yeah. You want to, you right. You, you, you feel it's important to you. So you want to contribute and exactly. you're going to look at the ways that you can contribute. Yeah. And I'm going to do it in my own way. Like I don't have to, I don't have to be like dressed like a punk, but if I want to be, then cool. Like that's the great thing about music is you don't have to do any like X, Y, and Z to go to a show or to be a part of a scene. You just do it. Yeah. You, you show up and you start to participate. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Listen to me. It is easier to keep the hair that you have than replace the hair that you've lost. Now, how do you do that? For hymns.com will help you. So it is the one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, sexual wellness, all for men. With medical-grade solutions, they have real doctors and well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions that can help you keep your hair. 
4hims.com offers us guys easier, more affordable access to the prescriptions, products, and medical advice that we need. There's no waiting room. There's no awkward doctor visits. You can save hours by going to 4hims.com and answering a few quick questions. Then a doctor will review and can prescribe to you everything you need that is sent directly to your door. So you can order now and listeners of this show get a trial month of everything you need to keep your hair for just $5 today while supplies last. Of course, you can see the full website for details, but this would cost you hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy. So go to hymns.com slash words. That's F O R H I M S.com slash words. And like I said, this is, it's so much easier to do this than let it go and then not schedule a doctor visit. And it's just, you, you just end up being bummed because you're like, oh man, I could have prevented that a long time ago. So for hymns.com slash words for $5, you get all the medicine you need to help you get on the right track. Okay. Thank you very much. Now on the show. Did you ever have a desire to play in a band? <laughs> I did actually. Though. You did. Okay. Yeah, when I was 15, I wanted to, um, I wanted to be in a band because of Brody. Sure. Of course. And I, you know, I, I listened to Sing Sing Death House and I thought if I do not learn guitar by the time I think it, I was 14 because okay. I said if I don't learn guitar by the time I'm 15, then this is not going to happen and I'm never going to be in a band. OK. And I didn't learn because it was too hard. Sure. I had um, taken. That, that is rough <laughs> that you put a deadline on yourself like that. I, I do that to me all the time. <laughs> you, that, that you, you, you realize that you set yourself up for failure. Like I did. That. Okay. You know, but I'm still, I'm trying to learn now. Okay, good. Adult, yeah. Just for myself not to be like in a No, band you're going to start a band next week. It's fine. I, I could do it. I guess I have to cut my nails. So sure. That's true. That's <laughs> that. Yeah, that, that could be. Well, I mean, you have built in guitar picks, obviously. That's yeah, true. Um, <laughs> I, I took classes and I, was trying to learn mm-hmm. Green Day on the acoustic guitar sure. and just I had a few teachers that were pretty weird um one of them not to blame them because it was no. obviously my fault too but one of them had a wah-wah pedal and the whole lesson he would just show off on the wah-wah pedal <laughs> and I never told my parents I just went to the classes and was like sitting there while he just, shredded sure and hey, I check left, this out and I I knew my chords and that was it oh yeah that's a bummer experience so, I never started that punk band. I never took over the world, but sure. it's, you know, it's yeah, you're taking late. over, you're taking over the world in a different way. <laughs> but then you, uh, you, you, uh, you toured, you toured with, uh, Andrew or AJJ as they're commonly known as now. But, yeah. um, was that like your first kind of touring experience or had you done stuff prior to that? That, I think that was my, yeah, that was my first tour. Um, and okay. that was like a short one. It was just, uh, it was with, AJJ and Chris Farron. Sure. And um, they're like really good friends and just a lot of fun. And Sure. It was a fun opportunity yeah, for you to jump on. Yeah, it was a fun opportunity. On. And I left Fest and w- went with them for like some of the East Coast states that they had. Mm-hmm. And then ended in New York. And I dislocated my knee at the Warsaw because I was running down the stairs. And I have weird knees. So it wasn't. <laughs> you have weird knees. I was born with weird knees. Um, what does that mean? They're like, <laughs> I just, I mean, that, that's just, that begs the question. I'm sorry. Technically they're like floating patellas. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. They're not like whenever I tried to learn how to skateboard or like do anything that requires like Knees. great balance. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. Just, you know, walking, I guess. Sure. Um, it hadn't like happened since I was a kid, but I used to run when I was a kid and then like my knee would pop out of place. Right. Right. And I would fall, but it would just like go back into place and I'm like a kid. So I bounced back and it was sure, fine. Sure. 
And probably the first time in like over 15 years, this happens when I'm going down a flight of stairs in a rush to like get Chris Farron photos. Sure. And my knee popped out of place and I thought it was fine because it usually is. And I put ice on it and mm-hmm. I noticed it's not fine because I can't put any weight on it Ooh, and yeah. I can't walk. So I didn't want to be like that person that was like dramatically injured for no reason, especially like just going down. Well, the but there, there's a reason. Yeah, there's a reason. <laughs> yeah. But it was hard to explain because it was right, like right. everyone was like doing the thing. Sure. And I still like made my way down like three flights of stairs, Jeez. took some photos. You are so, you are photos. very stubborn. You are very stubborn. <laughs> I remember looking at Chris and he was just like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm, uh, my leg is going to um, fall off. But and the venue people were obviously worried because like, yeah. you know, they don't want me to be injured at their venue. Of They're course. also very nice and gave me ice and stuff. And my friend Mike from Bomb the Music Industry, um, my binary heart now. Sure. He uh, was nice enough to give me a ride to where I was staying with so that luckily had an elevator because in New York, most places do not. Yeah. Don't have that. But yeah, that was my first touring experience. Yeah, that sounds that sounds a very dramatic end to the. Yeah. Did, but did, prior to that, like, was the touring experience like kind of what you thought it was going to be? Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it, and like I, my like personally, kind of found a hard time like finding a tour to catch on, like to go on. Right. Um, and I know a lot of it is just like your friends will take you out, sure. and I don't know, like. For some reason, it's just, it was just, I didn't want to be that person that was always like, take me on tour. Yeah, begging to be on tour. And this one just worked out because um, my friend Jamie is our publicist and she like obviously is the an angel and mm-hmm. she's helped me just immensely in all yeah. aspects <laughs> of my life. Sure. And she kind of gave me the confidence to like do that and they were all really cool about it and I had met them before, so. Sure. But yeah, like that's awesome. I'm not opposed to doing anything now. It's like, obviously I have a few commitments now. Sure. But if it would make sense, like, yeah, you do, you do it again in a heartbeat. No, that's cool. That's cool. Like I'm not like, Oh, I have to be in these conditions. Like I can sleep on the floor. Like I'm like, it's fine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, I mean that, that, I mean that that's good because I mean, I think, you know, some people, uh, not that they would have a misconception of what touring is, especially if you're coming from the, you know, punk and hardcore scene, but it's like, you know, sometimes like once, you know, rubber hits the road and you're actually out there, it's just like, oh yeah, there's a lot of this I don't like, or there's a lot of this that I do like. like I'm you just don't know. I, in my mind, like it's one of the other things that I romanticize and think yeah. is really cool. And just like, it's hard work, of course. Of course. Um, but I love every part of it. And I love the whole, like, I mean, for them, Mark from the band, he would, find coffee shops that were like close to the venues and I love doing that stuff too. Of so course. it's like even just doing that and like not having the time to explore the city, but like having coffee or just looking at a different venue and yeah, yeah. seeing how different cities react to live music is. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun it. collecting that experience and being, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially like, I do find like as you, I mean, I, I think this happens for many people. Like as you get older, you're you know clearly more comfortable in your own skin, and like you know how to exist in the world. You're like, oh no, I know what I like, and so like touring as you know a reasonable adult, where you're like, oh yeah, like just show me a good record store, show me you know a good coffee shop, like cool, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that, that's all I really need. That's all I want in life in general. It's so very true. It's on the road, great, but <laughs> totally. Yeah, you're like sign me up. Um, the last thing I want to hit on was the, uh, you know, the, uh, to the front. I mean, that's, you know, clearly not only, you know, your, your baby with, uh, what, the, the other photographer that you work with, what's her uh, name? Courtney, Cole. Courtney, that's yeah. right. Um, 
so, you know, you guys, you know, putting not only a public face out there, but, you know, a name for it and, you know, a concerted effort to, you know, be inclusive as far as like, you know, representing not only female voices, but, you know, the just everything you're trying to do, um, you know, is emblematic of not only, you know, the times in which they have changed to be, you know, more comforting to that idea where it's just like, oh, yes, like more than just this single subset of the population should be represented in this, this sort of manner, you know? Um, like, were you, were you scared when you first started to kind of put it together? Not like, Oh, this is going to be an abysmal failure. No one's going to care about it. But like, you know, when you put yourself out there, like you're subject to, you know, people being like, Oh, that's cool. Or like, you're dumb, Erica. Like, you know, not like anyone would go up to you and say that. I mean, maybe they have, Who but said it? yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, like when, anytime you're putting yourself out there, um, you know, it's subject to, you know, criticism on, on certain levels. Yeah, I mean, we didn't start it thinking that it was going to be anything like, I mean, beyond the LA show. And right, it was right. Just a bunch of friends. Like, it was Carly and um, Danielle. Right. Who are also just music photographers. Right. You know, and it originally was just that. And we weren't going to do anything beyond the LA show. And we all are very, if anything, we're nervous about being in public and having to talk to people, even though they were our friends. Yeah, but still um, we right, joked right. around about like hanging up our work and leaving and then coming back after because <laughs> we knew people were, I've never done a gallery show before that. And right. I never had any, I didn't want to, I wasn't sure. looking to make prints. I just wanted to take my photos, put them up. People like them. Great. If they don't, you know, scroll out, whatever you want to do. <laughs> right. Move along. But That's fine. This was like a way to be productive and, um, while I was injured and that's when the idea came about right. um, when me and Courtney were talking about it, it kind of changed into this, you know, traveling thing that we're doing now because people wanted to, us to have one on the East coast and right. we're like, okay. Um, yeah. What does that then, entail? Right. Yeah. So we just, I mean, we're going to keep it going, but it wasn't started thinking that it was going to be this project that it is now where right. we still don't really know what we're doing with it. It's literally just like, sure like you want us like next month we're having one in boston and someone like a mutual friend offered a space um called zone three Mm -hmm. and they basically offered us a free space to have it and we weren't planning on doing one in boston but like circumstances aligned yeah sure absolutely we need space if anything like it's harder to get diy spaces because it's just like we're, we have, at this point, over 40 photographers part of the project. Right. And in order for people to be in it, I want it to be worthwhile for them to travel to and have more than three pictures on the wall. Sure. And, you know, it would be cool if we could if we could find another DIY space to have it at. But, yeah, for now, it's just let's see what happens with this. Sure. It, there's something there. Like, I don't know what it is, and I'm always yeah, surprised yeah. when people ask or like care about it for some reason just because well because i mean you're 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 approaching it from a very just like you know organic it's like yeah like let's put it out there see what people think of it and and i mean i i've definitely thought of like there are going to be probably people complaining soon just sure with anything yeah it's life (laughs) i'm a very like like i'm very i told you i'm very introverted i'm very shy i don't like conflict but with something like this, where I think our intentions are pure, it is like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you, how, how can you, yeah. How can you really like come, like what criticism could you, you hoist upon us that like it holds any weight, you know, like, yeah, because, like, because like you said, you are coming at it from the very, you know, you're just like, I just want to see where this goes. Exactly. And I mean, we're more than open to anyone giving suggestions on how to you know, change things. We're not like, this is how it is. Like, right. Enjoy it. It's, 
Well, yeah, it's yeah. an open door and we want to be like we want to be as inclusive and as impactful as we can be with whatever the heck it is. You know? Right. So. Yeah. No, I mean, it's great. I just I, I the thing that I identify with, you know, I mean, not being a female, <laughs> it, but the thing I identify with is the fact that it's like, you know, there's a there's a concerted not only effort to, you know, represent a point of view that, you know, is commonly not put out there and. I just, I, I identify with the, you know, like you were talking about earlier, it's just like, you know, not asking permission just being like, well, let's like try this thing, you know, like what's, what's the worst that can happen? Like, right. And the point is like, I think I heard Shirley Manson say one time in an interview that the whole point of doing, like, I think it was girl school that she was referring to, which yes. is an LA based festival. It's not, it's not a point to keep doing separate things and having like a girl festival and a guy festival, like, you know of what course, I mean? like right. or a festival in this case. <laughs> but she goes, right. the point is, is to get like people that are not represented on the main stage already. Not just because, you know, because of what they're doing, what they're putting out there. And like the point of to the front isn't to have like a separate photo show that's excluding, you know, cis dudes. It's to like highlight right. people that are already out there totally doing they're doing amazing jobs and we're highlighting what isn't represented already in a lot of like top five photography lists. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a platform to showcase something. And like, yes, there is an, a quote unquote agenda, but like, you know, uh, sometimes that word gets veiled in like, you know, like, Oh, an agenda. Like, it's like, no, like this is, this is literally like we are attempting to build a platform in which to showcase these people who we are friends with and we are part of this community already. So it's like, why not, Yeah. why not collectively come together to, to put that out there? Yeah. And I think one of the objectives is too, is like a lot of times I think in music that, um, people that identify as like female or non-binary, it's just like, there's only one spot for you, a minority, you know, sure. and, and they try to pit people against each other. And I've gotten that feeling growing up a lot where it's just like, Oh, you know, there can only be like, right, right. This here's the, that. here's this token person. Right? Yeah, yeah. And like, why should it have to be that way? Like True. there's, you know, make room. Cause we're, we're, sure. we're here. <laughs> yeah. You, but, your show could feature one male photographer and there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you completely turn the tables where it's just like, all right, well, maybe, maybe we'll feature one photo from a guy at some point, maybe eventually. I don't know. I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, that, but that, that notion, yes, that definitely does exist where it's just like, well, yeah, you don't, this doesn't need to be this way. Yeah. And like, hopefully more people will want to do their mm. own shows. And that's the whole point is so that we can kind of create something there where it's not just us always doing this show. Like we, we probably won't be able to always do it. Right. We're, we're trying to actually just do our work during the day. And then in between we're planning this, but sure. it definitely does get overwhelming and it's not a thing at all where it's, we're not making money from it. No. And that's just... fine. But maybe along the line, like more people will create similar projects and it'll just like kind of shift things a little bit where it's less about, having to do this ourselves and more like it's more common now for you mm-hmm. to read about people that are shooting that are not just this way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're attempting to, not only are you attempting to, you know, create, create a showcase, but you're uh, hopefully, you know, inspiring other people to like, whether or not it's like they're doing their own shows, it's just, you know, inspiring to people, in, inspiring people to, you know, pick up a camera to be like, feel 
involved in whatever it is that they're passionate about. Cause yeah. I, I think that's the most difficult thing where people like, you know, it, whatever, when you're 12, 13 years old and like, you're like, I really like this thing. Like, I don't know what to do. And it's like, if there's all these different avenues that are kind of like not laid out, but like, Oh wow, that, that thing exists. Like I, I might, I might as well try that, you know? Yeah. And to show, I act like I'm so old, but to show younger kids that there's representation there, like if sure. you, it's not impossible to do something just cause you don't see yourself in that field. Right. Like right. You put yourself in that field and yeah. You know, and you figure it out as you go, you rent, exactly. you rent cameras, Still figuring right. it out as I go. As <laughs> right. an adult. You say yes to things that you're like, I don't know how to do this, but I'm I'll, I'll, I'll figure yes, it out. Absolutely. <laughs> right. You say yes to podcast interviews. You're like, I've done one before, but yeah, I'll figure this out. I've never, I haven't done one before and I'm really awkward, but sure. <laughs> Let's talk. <laughs> but I, I appreciate that because I know, like I said, like, you know, when you, the idea of just like, well, I'm going to talk about myself for an hour. That's terrifying. <laughs> right. But you did, you did spectacular, Erica. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. You're very easy to talk to. <laughs> yes, I'm glad. Mission accomplished. <laughs> so that's what we got with Erica. And thank you very much for her coming on the show and uh, making the effort to uh, get out to my uh, my place because uh, you know I live in Orange County and sometimes people that live in Los Angeles look at me and are like dude I don't go to Orange County ever but it happened to be we worked it out so thank you very much Erica and uh, thank you very much to um, all of you for listening and what do I got next week I have a person who is tangentially related to music and that is my mother <laughs> so I wanted to have my mom on the show for quite some time and I was trying to think of a angle to approach this with and I'm like Dude, Mother's Day. It's like right around the corner. So uh, please check out that episode when it comes out next week. Because I actually also have, uh, this is, he is not a woman in music because he is not a woman, but he is a little boy and that is my son as well. So it's a familial episode. But uh, I think the insights that my mom shares about uh, her coming up in the uh, 60s and music in general, she was a part of some pretty interesting moments of, uh, you know, seeing the Beatles live and watching Elvis Presley kind of uh, in his uh, his later years. It was uh, some interesting stuff. So that's what we got next week. And um, yeah, until then, please be safe, everybody. Big shout out to Bones Coffee. Go to BonesCoffee.com and you can have all the coffee that you possibly need delivered straight to your door and you get 20% off by using the promo code 100words. Please do that because this coffee is the real deal. Order the PB&J. I love that stuff. So now, for real, have a good day. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.